Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jay Kirschman, along with co-host Andy Dolich and our fantastic guest in Caroline Savini, partner of, and head of North America at Nolan Partners. And I will just start off the episode by saying we do have three Bobcats on the call. Uh, excited for that, of course, as always. But uh, Caroline, I, I almost feel honored to be on the podcast with you as you know, Andy and I were talking earlier uh, you know, obviously we've interviewed plenty of people via the podcast, but gosh, you, in terms of the amount of people that you've interviewed, I mean, I can only imagine what that tally chart is up to. So uh, we're excited to talk to you about your experiences and, and your career thus far and, and what you've learned along the way. So welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thanks for that, Jake. And thanks to Jake and Andy for having me. I appreciate it. I'll, I'll kick it to Andy as, as he always can, can get this conversation going uh, with, with a curveball or maybe a screwball. No, I'll, I'll go, uh, I'll go with straight down the middle, maybe on a batting tee here. Um, today we have more multitask capable, super duper bright young men and women uh, in the business of sports and entertainment, moving up the ladder. As, as you are looking at the industry changing, and we'll put COVID-19 off to the side for a moment, but we'll turn the clock back to pre and looking at the growth of what is a global business. What are some of the most significant sort of aha moments when you're in conversations not just with a job candidate, but the companies that you're representing so that there's a mix is everybody wants a secret. Everybody wants the magic wand, but for somebody that's working at the highest level in this industry, what do you look for? And, and what is maybe missing by some of the candidates who just don't quite see it? Mm. Interesting question. Well, I I actually go go to personality first. Um, that's where I always start because it's what I do every day is kind of like making a marriage. And um, you know, uh, fortunately, I've never been divorced, but I have experienced prior to my husband a few bad relationships. <laughs> so, or some good good guys, but not the one for me. <laughs> and um, and that's that's really what finding the making the right match with uh, at any level frankly whether it's a director level or or chief executive um uh is this person the right person for this organization what they need right now um and and it so kind of depends on the department their the level of seniority if we're talking vp department head or or chief executive um and the one thing I will say to that, and I don't know that this is fully answering your question, but uh, I started in this business, an uh, executive search in this business about 15 years ago. And um, it was such a small, insular universe. And um, you couldn't talk to one person without somebody else knowing that person, you know, sort of two degrees of separation as opposed to six to, uh, to triangulate who knows who. And uh, so it's very hard for people to, to hide from uh, their reputations or on the opposite end of that, uh, you know, celebrating their reputations. And uh, 
part of my day job is knowing who is truly good at what they do, not just they say it, um, but they can actually do it and, and not basically not putting an empty suit into, into an organization, putting my name behind them. Um, so verifying like who's, who's great, who's actually done it. Uh, that was 15 years ago. It was very easy to do. Today, it is uh, the the world of sports has expanded greatly, and the people within the business has also that are coming from outside of the business into the business. So, Andy, I think I could circle it back to your question by by saying what what is helping organizations right now is you need some of the people that know, and, and I. I talk about the business, I'm thinking more pro sports organizations, teams, leagues, uh, you need people that understand some core functions of the business because that's all they've ever done in their career, but to make a really great organization and a progressive organization my progressive clients are the ones that are also looking outside of how do we, uh, what, what skill sets do we not have or perspectives, um, do we not have that, that we need to have and what are the, industry leading companies that, that, um, that have these kind of experiences, skill sets or do this every day. So um, I could give you a, a four instance um, uh, sports, sports teams are not known for best say uh, creative directors, um, designers. Um, we're, we're probably going outside of, of a sports organization, recruiting not from within a sports organization, but from outside a sports organization to identify the best talent in, in creative design, graphics, et cetera, especially when you think about how the, the creative changing with AI and, uh, and other technologies and what, what, a, what a sports organization can do from, from a content creation perspective. Um, it's one thing I've, I've looked at recently and, uh, and, and actually managed for a client recently, creative director search. You know, and Andy mentioned, uh, in terms of just the, the things that are changing, right. The landscapes that are changing, there's certainly uh, different aspects of the, the business to your point that are constantly evolving. Um, but as you are, you know, if you're in one role and, and you kind of see an opportunity or a niche to be able to go and, and take that jump or take that leap of faith, um, or maybe you just want to get that exposure to ultimately find out a little bit more about what that, what that is. Um, what are some of the, the tips and advice you have for those who are maybe in that mid-level management uh, or director level where they, they, they understand and see the need for a certain experience or skill set in order to make that jump to the next thing. Sure. Well, and I can speak to that in a COVID world too. Um, for those that are fortunate enough to still find them employed with a sports company, some of talking to uh, the leaders, executives, more out of their their workforce um so giving taking advantage of this time and whether it's given as a as a as an employed person in the sports entertainment industry if to you or not um i would highly recommend 
offering your services, working on a different project than you might not have otherwise gotten exposed to or had the opportunity to work on because business is slow. We're not hosting events, live events um, uh, with spectators and so forth. And it, and it just depends on, um, this could be a, uh, a, a corporate salesperson who wants to roll up their sleeves and help work on a marketing strategy project or a, um, if, if a ticket sales leader is still in, in their position and they want to not just dive in on, on corporate partnerships and strategy activation programs, it, it could be anything. Um, and it could be as even left field as HR and accounting and, and just understanding the books better uh, or workforce planning. Um, it, I, I think that the people that are raising their hands right now to, um, uh, you, you know, you can't operate at 100% because there isn't really a job to do at 100% currently. Um, uh, just volunteering yeah. or, or talking to a different department head. Thinking about our time post the Earthquake World Series uh, both the A's and the Giants uh, that were close to each other, and Pat Gallagher, our colleague here on these calls, a number of people in the front office by design of ownership volunteered to work in the community. We played 10 days later, but when it was over, we stayed on for months, if not years, and it gave us a much deeper understanding of the community in which we were working. And to your point now, with sports coming back in a totally different fashion, at least in a slow roll, I'd want to find out, you know, the, the insights into venue operation. Because if you don't have that and you know nothing about it and maybe didn't look at it as being very cool, that is going to be a focal point now that's going to be as valuable as any position in the organization. Yeah, I'll tell you another one too. Venue operations, uh, concessions, even if even if it's outsourced, uh, like we uh, like it or not, uh, COVID will absolutely change what a fan experiences in, in coming into and and being coming into being in and leaving a, a stadium and. Um, whether and I, I bring up concessions. You, you mentioned venue yeah. operations. Like think about like using the restrooms and, and well, all there that. Are, kind of there stuff. are blue crew. You know, if you just look at the healthcare providers and you know, let's call them our blue crew heroes in America, those individuals that many people don't see at a venue, they are the people that make the venue work, and they're more important now than ever before. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I I'm fascinated by COVID, um, this this global pandemic. Um, it's it's been said before. I'm not the first person to say this, but never waste a good crisis. And uh, so 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 to the listeners of this podcast, if you haven't heard it, don't waste this crisis. Um, like what what can you be learning? What can you get exposed to? Um, what how do you think your business or your organization is going to change. And, and if you don't know the answer to that, start talking to people that you think might have the answer to that, whether they're inside your organization or not, because uh, the, the closer you can get to be a, being a part of solving the problems and the challenges that are, that are coming up now and will continue to come up um, uh, is, will, make your, will make a person indispensable. 
Yeah, no, I, I, Jake, just the one point that jumps to mind. We're such an insular business. And I say that positively. I've spent my entire life insulated in the insularity of the sports <laughs> business. And it's like, wow, we got a problem in the upper deck with a bunch of rowdies. Like, wait a second. We have human life on the line here. You know, get out of your comfort zone. We're in a situation here that's much more serious than, oh, the logo doesn't look good, or that player sprained his ankle, or we're not going to be able to offer a five-pound hot dog with Cheetos and, and other stuff on it uh, because of the packaging. Like, right. we, we are in real-life situations here that nobody has ever really experienced in sports before. So uh, I'm, I'm with you. It is an opportunity to see that personality that you started talking about, what really makes somebody tick and can make the organization that much stronger. Yeah. Andy, you, you brought up a great point in that um, it is a great opportunity, but Caroline, as, as you look at the opportunity and you look at the landscape, what advice do you have for those on how to have those conversations, whether it's with a boss or with a client? Right. There's always opportunities in it for the client as well. Right. Like, we, you know, you can shift products or um, create something new or maybe get them away from what they were currently spending and do, you know, do it differently. Like there's obviously your point to, you know, there's opportunities, but how do you have some of those conversations? So I'll answer that to assume that somebody would be going into a conversation that like that blind. Um, and so my first piece of advice is know your audience. Um, so. Like, what, what do you think your boss is going through right now? Um, it, your boss might even find themselves out of a job in another month if, if we're, we still don't have any events. Um, I, I actually, to, to young people that uh, are trying to, are graduating school right now, my one piece of advice to all of them is um, find out what the, the biggest challenge, the biggest problem on someone's plate is right now. So to your question, Jake, to the boss, like if there's one thing I can solve for you today, this week, this month, that is actually solvable. Like we're not going to be the ones that those of us on this, <laughs> on this session are not going to be the ones that's finding the cure for coronavirus. But if there's one thing. Oh, I heard find... Nolan, I heard Nolan has a lab in a secret location <laughs> in Switzerland that right. is about to announce. No, I'm okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that is still top secret under locking. Okay. I, forget, <laughs> we're, we're saving... You didn't hear it here. You didn't hear it on life in the <laughs> Saving the world one, one person at a time. Um, um, yeah. So what, what is, what problem can I solve for you? Like what, what problem can I take off of your plate today? Oh, what, what can I help you with? And, and, and knowing your audience, if you're going to have that conversation with your boss, then also recognize what your boss is expecting of you regardless and make sure that whatever they're expecting of you is done or has been done, or you've got the answer of, I, Hey, I've achieved this. I'm ready to achieve something else for you. Um, what, what else can I help you with? And, and for the partner, I think it's a, it's a lot of empathy, um, whether the partner is a, a season ticket holder or a, a Fortune 500 brand or the local car dealership. Um, to me, those conversations start with empathy of how are you, how, how is your family, and, um, and, uh, like, and asking them the same question, like what, what are some of your challenges? And it might to, to the t- season ticket holders, 
I don't mean the business challenges, but maybe the business challenges start to be discussed in a conversation like that. Um, with the, the corporate partner, it's, you know, what are, what are some of the challenges that you're going through? What are some of the concerns? What's keeping you up at night right now? Um, and, and those conversations will yield, they'll go on a, they could go in a thousand and one different directions. Um, and, and with the partners specifically, uh, now is a great time to solidify relationships and build on relationships that were maybe superficial previously or even email communications um, at best previously. A great, great time to, to capitalize on that. And, and, and in a genuine way, yeah. in a genuine way. And you see it, uh, we all see it now. It's an opportunity to reconnect with people that you disconnected with yeah, because exactly. there is more time and you'll go, holy mackerel, I didn't know you were doing that. And you just see it if you're walking around a neighborhood, the return of common human decency instead of people driving through a stop sign, actually stopping, letting a family, even though somebody's gotten there first, hey, you come in. And that sort of common human decency, the basic examples of what life is about in the community, transmitted to what you think you have in your business can be just as beneficial. Well, you can say that, Andy, because you moved out of Philadelphia several decades ago, but I still live in Philadelphia, and my, my neighbor called the cops on me recently. So. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Well, you see, here we, Carolyn, we have a bit of a different problem, because I live a mile and a half from the Waymo headquarters, and when I see a car go through a stop sign with nobody driving it, <laughs> that's when I freak out. That's when, <laughs> yeah. that's when I know I got. I can't. Can't give. The I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Car I'm gonna take a right turn. I'm gonna take a right turn on this episode, Andy. Okay. And uh, we're 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 gonna pitch it to Caroline in in that uh, as you've you know look you've interviewed plenty of 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 executives you know along the way you've, you've placed many and um, what is maybe. A, your favorite question to ask uh, that is, you know, truly telling for something um, in, in terms of, you know, their qualities or their personality, like you pointed out earlier in the episode. And then also, um, what is kind of the, the uh, virtual interview? Like, where is mm. that going to go now that everyone is zooming in and out of, of every call yeah, they have? Yeah. Uh, so I have a couple of sort of favorite questions to ask. And um one of them is, what would you consider to be your greatest career accomplishment? And I always like to guide that to professional, make sure people a lot of times like to tell me about their personal accomplishments. Um, I'm more interested in professional accomplishments and, uh, and, and to put more walls around it, something that wouldn't have gotten done if you weren't there to do it. Because um, a lot of times people have a hard time articulating what they've actually done in a real meaningful way that allows me to represent them to my clients um, and beyond some bullet points on a resume and even just verifying like whatever it says on your resume that you did. Let me hear you talk about it because did you actually do it? And, and I can dig deeper with follow up questions around that. So that's one question. And then another question I like to ask is what's your favorite thing about what you do? Because um, a a lot of people answer that differently and it, it gives a little insight into who the person is and several others, of course, but those are some of my favorites. 
And then what was the second part of your question? Virtually, virtually zooming literally and figuratively uh, in and out of calls. How is that going to affect kind of the interview world as we, as we go yeah. ahead? As we I think it? there's going to be a lot more comfort with doing uh, interviews virtually now. Um, of course, like what I you know, just personally, frankly, um, what might have been a phone call for me is now always a zoom call. Um, so my clients are doing that a lot too, which is they would have had an initial interview. Now they're just doing it on zoom. Um, I did have a client, um, in the pandemic zoom teams, whatever the video video interview process was with a a finalist candidate and, um, and end up, this is not the same market, two different parts of the country, um, offer the job to candidate and the candidate accepted um, and is starting virtually next week. Uh, so I think depending on how long we're in uh, social distance, physical distance, the, this candidate would have gone, gotten on an airplane, flown, flown to their, uh, their, the, the venue, taken a tour, met with everybody, met with ownership and, and probably signed on the, uh, signed on the contract, the agreement and, all that was done virtually. So three quick ones here as we get near the end, Jake. Um, Carl, if not everybody on the, uh, listening to us all around the world um, knows how ex- retained executive search works. So not to talk about specific numbers, but just generally, uh, what's the transaction? How does it work between you, a league, mm-hmm. a team, an event, and the ultimate candidate? Number two would be Pats or Genos, you being a <laughs> Philly person, do you ask that? <laughs> and um, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe we'll just leave it at those. Two. Sure, sure. All right. So, uh, first question is actually a great question because a lot of people don't understand how. Um, so, it, I retained by my clients those the entity that is hiring uh, a, a position and um, and so they they us to search the marketplace search the globe for the best fit candidates we go through a process to do that along they obviously interview numerous people um, and deliver the the final candidates to our clients um, where, where some people get confused and a little burned and maybe even more in the area with right now, um, we, we, I, I personally treat everyone, I do my best to treat everyone with respect and recognize that if I, if I'm talking to somebody about a job opportunity, they, it's, it is a major life decision for them. Um, but I don't work for them as the candidate, I work, I work for my client and, um, the client's the one paying my bills. So, um, I, I, I share that now just to say, uh, if, if you didn't get a return call, if you didn't get a return email, it was absolutely an oversight from my side, but, uh, but not everybody operates like me. So, um, might've been part of a, an experience somebody might've had before. I wouldn't be surprised. Does that, does that answer you without getting into the numbers, the exact yes. economics? <laughs> yes. No, again, a lot of people in, in, in the business, especially when you're a puppy, 
starting out, like what's search, you know, like I'm real brilliant. I got a plus like good for you. Um, what, you know, what does that do? And, and you have so many individuals that have so many incredible capabilities. How are you going to put yourself as a person, you know, able to help an organization? So uh, no, that answers the question. And uh, yeah, Pat Serginos, uh, anybody give you the wrong answer when you ask them that, <laughs> especially for affiliate job? Right? Yeah, do you know, Jim's, uh, Jim's on South Street. <laughs> okay, that's the way to go. You always go, always go the opposite direction. <laughs> is, the Melrose Diner, is the Melrose Diner still there? I'm sure e- nobody everybody cares Everybody goes that. to Melrose. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I am like hungry right now and I yeah. can't get out. <laughs> Okay, Jake. I'm sorry. Back to yeah. I'll t- I'll t- I'll, t- I'll take us home as we finish the episode. You know, Car- Caroline, you you our listeners are probably thinking. You know, you, you mentioned you spent uh, quite a bit of time in this world uh, of the industry. You know, is it okay to get into this part of the industry from a young age? If if you haven't, you know, worked for another team, league, college, whatever it might be, and and if you did want to do that and, and learn from the best and, and work your way up, like what's the path within uh-huh. great, executive great search? Great question. Well, since we're talking to Bobcats, it was the Bobcat that got me into this and, and, um, and got me with another Bobcat. So <laughs> Jim, Jim Kaler sold me on executive search coming out of OU because I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. And he said, Chad Estes, another Bobcat, he went from, uh, from OU Sports Ad to work for Buffy Philippel, and he was there for two or three years, however many years he was there. And now look at him. He's, he's, he's running, running Legends, Dallas Cowboys, whatever, uh, whatever he does for Jerry Jones. So uh, Chad Estes, and it was, you'll get your PhD in sports. And so go work for Len Perna. And so that's what I did. And I, I thought I was going to last like 18 months. Um, but 12 years later, it was a, it was a really great run for me with, with uh, my tenure at turnkey. And, um, and I, and I learned from a a great executive in the business and got to talk to a lot of great executives and work on some very cool assignments with some very cool clients. Um, I, and so you didn't ask me this, but I'll share the, the rest of my story, which is I had my second child left turnkey and, uh, got scooped up by Nolan partners to, to come back in and, and run the search practice in North America for them. Andy? Every time I see Chad Estes, who is who is big time, I go, yeah, yeah, I got you. But um, when I called Buffy, you were the one answering <laughs> the phone outside her office. So settle down, Chad. Settle down. <laughs> that's right. That's mine. Yeah, that's, that's mine. Caroline, thank you for spending time with us today. And uh, keep keep bringing the best people that you can into the industry because they're going to be needed now more Absolutely, than ever before. I will. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.